the mouse dies in the mouse trap because it doesn't understand why the cheese is free. Let's do another update on the topic of personal finance, right? So the first thing I want to say, because it's been a while since we've covered this topic, for anyone who's unaware of this, we have a free wealth building class. It's completely free. And the idea was simply like, obviously, you know, at Icario, we try to teach, we're interested in like what makes a good life, right? How does one live a good life? And finance is just one of those things where if you don't have that under control, that aspect of your life can like can completely ruin the, yeah. the time that you're having, right? You can have an awful time simply because you are in debt or you're always broke. And having your money under control and building up personal wealth is just one of those things that gives you so much freedom. So we decided let's cover this topic. And we basically made one free class, which just teaches everything that I think is important to know. From my perspective, as someone, you know, I've been an entrepreneur for a long time and I have um, yeah, done my own wealth building fairly successfully, basically put all of that stuff into a course. That is the basis. That is the starting point. Yeah. And also to see how it held up, right? Because some yeah. of the things you were saying last year when the market was, every time you open crypto, you're like, oh my God, it's going up, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then now it's like, oh, well, <laughs> yeah. was he right? Well, we're about to find out, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's that's a good point, right? I think that's also, even for people who did go through the wealth class, like, look, I know how it is, right? You you might have started going through the wealth building class and like, oh yeah, I'm going to skip past these things or... Or like you said, because at the time when I published it, basically everything was going up, you know, stocks were going up, crypto was going up, real estate is going up like crazy. So if you see me talk about risk management and, you know, don't invest what you can't lose and all this, I spend quite a lot of time on like how not to lose money. And you might be like, oh, why is he so cautious, right? I don't, right. I don't need to do this. <laughs> Whereas now might be a good time to revisit it because some of the things that at the time you were just thinking, why is he talking about all this stuff now will make a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. And it's also, it's one of those areas about your personal power, right? So if you can improve yourself here versus just relying on the waves of the market or so on and so forth, yeah. then you're always in a sense of control yeah. versus being the subject to what's happening to your, in your circumstances, basically. Exactly. And you know, it's also the reason I, I, I made the class when I did and I, we started talking about this topic. One of the reasons was that there was this mania going on and it's like I could see, you know, around me, all these people who hadn't been interested in crypto were suddenly interested in crypto. All yeah. these people who didn't know what a stock was or what the stock market does were suddenly talking about stocks. So it's like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for me, that was also like the way I, I thought about it is like I'm not here to encourage anyone uh, or, or I don't need to encourage anyone, hey, you should, you should buy stocks, you should get into crypto. It's like, you're already doing that. <laughs> so, yeah. so I'm oh, basically, <laughs> yeah, yeah, which I think is good. It's a good thing. But also because I've been through more than one crypto cycle and I've been doing this for a little longer, for me, it was also clear like this isn't going to last. And I'm trying to equip people with the stuff they need to survive essentially, yeah. right? Um, like essentially knowledge is power, right? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. That's basically what you were doing with the course, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think this is this is true in investing and in building personal, you know, in personal finance, probably more obviously than anywhere else in the world, right? Your knowledge very directly translates into into outcomes and into power. Um, and, and your lack of knowledge directly leads to 
some form of suffering usually um, when it comes to finance. So that's what we were doing. And and yeah, that's that's one thing to to consider. Like I said, it might be worth revisiting um, the the wealth building class because there are things there. You know, one one thing that I notice is so we we've basically now in the last whatever it's been six months or so we've seen a collapse of asset prices in general, and and the way it it has unraveled and the way it is unraveling is is normal, which is to say that the, the riskiest assets collapsed first and most violently. Mm. Because, and that obviously goes for cryptos, a lot of crypto projects very, very rapidly went from, you know, billions of dollars in evaluation to virtually zero. Nothing, yeah. And, but then also, you could also see it that in in stocks, it is like the, the super overvalued tech stocks that suddenly, that also had a very rapid collapse. And really something that is quite rare to see where you have, you know, companies like Peloton, for example, right? right. That were super hyped, especially, you know, it's like, oh, this is the business for the pandemic era, right? People at home, you know, doing their home workouts. And the, the chart, the price chart of the Peloton stock really looks like a, a scam shitcoin <laughs> crypto project, right? It looks like that. It's just straight up and then straight down. Wow. <laughs> that's it, right? Pump and dump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, it's crazy. And that's, it, it's interesting to see because usually you don't see it quite that, quite like that in stocks, right? Um, but again, that's, that's like the riskier, more hyped, more out there stuff had violent, rapid collapses, but then everything else kind of follows, right? And it kind of ripples through the whole system. And and I think that's still happening. Yeah, uh, like the domino effect began, yeah, right? Exactly. And by the way, the if somebody doesn't have access to the class, it's ikario.com slash wealth building. Yeah, just wanted to yeah. mention that quickly. Yeah. Okay. So. So yeah, that, that's like the the first thing I want to talk about. Okay, is this is now happening, right? We have this collapse, and the the experience that most people have, because like I said, most people got interested in this when it was super exciting, when everything was going up. And so the experience that most people have is that you put some money into into some stocks or into crypto or something, and you saw that increase in value for a while, and then you saw a decrease in value. And you're probably underwater right now, as you probably, which is to say that the total value of your assets right now is lower than the amount of money you put in. Oh yeah, right? it's it's at least half for me right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, and that's that's pretty normal. Right? If it's if it's half, you did you did pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> like you you didn't do bad if it's half, right? Um, which is to say, right? If you put in five thousand dollars and now it's worth two and a half thousand dollars, that would be pretty normal. If it's worth, and for many people, it's worth a lot less. Right. And. Here is, you know, one of the lessons that I think is um, probably one of the most important lessons or, again, one of the things that if you go through the class now, it will be very clear to you why I emphasize so much that you need to know the answer to where does this money come from? So I want to I quickly touch on that, right? Uh, because it's often the, essentially the, the surface level story is very simple. It's like, hey, you buy these assets because the assets go up in value, and that's great. So you put in some money now, and then in the future, you're rich. Right. <laughs> Good deal, right? Why wouldn't you do that? <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Now, and, and what I talk about in the class is like, okay, no matter what it is you invest in, you have to know where does this money come from? Why do I have more money in the future? And this is true 
and I insist on that, right, which is maybe also a bit different from how most people talk, right? This is true whether you're investing in stocks or real estate or commodities or crypto or whatever. It doesn't matter right. what you're investing so in. So basically, how to know if it's not a Ponzi scheme, right? Yes, or if it is a Ponzi scheme, to know how sustainable it is. Fair. <laughs> because Fair you, could, <laughs> you could... You could technically get rich off it. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And, you you know, you could make the argument that the entire stock market is some form of Ponzi scheme, the entire monetary system right. is some form of Ponzi scheme. Uh, you know, many many financial systems are basically some kind of Ponzi scheme, right? They, they um, rely on continued growth in the future to pay the current bills. Right. That, that's how most countries operate. <laughs> right. So, Fair enough. So it's not necessarily avoid anything that's a Ponzi scheme. You might end up just doing nothing, right? But it's more like having an understanding, again, like where does this money come from, right? And we had some, some really good examples. Like one thing that is, you know, one of the big things that was a catalyst in the crypto space was that um, Terra or Luna, the Luna token collapsed. Right. And this was a token that gained massive value, right? When it's one of those things that went from cents to $100 per token, something like that, in a relatively short period of time. And loads and loads of people piled into this, and it collapsed to zero pretty much in a day, right? <laughs> so we had a proper collapse of what is essentially a Ponzi scheme, um, where you have the, the loss of value leads to, this is called reflexivity, it leads to a greater loss of value, right? And it really is like mm. the dominoes, right? Like once it loses a lot of value, it's going to lose even more value, even faster, and it just keeps accelerating until it hits the floor. Right. And unfortunately, like tragically, a lot of people lost their life savings in this. A lot of people lost, you know, are, are absolutely devastated because of how much money they had in this and how quickly it just went to zero, right? And I think this is a really good example of um, of many of the principles. Like if you if you take just some of the basic lessons from this yeah. class, you could have completely avoided this. Because the thing that attracted the most users to Terra was to, so the the network or the ecosystem was called Terra, and the coin was called Luna. And what what attracted people to this is that they had a stable coin. Uh, UST, which is basically supposed to be equivalent to $1. And there was this thing called the Anchor Protocol where you could put your UST stable coins and get 20% annual yield. Okay, so you get 20% interest on your US dollars. So at least that's the simple yeah. story, right? Right. And how great, that's Sounds great, right? fantastic, am yeah. Amazing, right? You, and <laughs> you can do the math on that, right? It, that makes you rich very, very fast, 20% yeah. a year makes you rich very fast. So that's fantastic. Okay, everybody yeah. piles in. Now, here's the thing, right? What usually happens is when you have yield like this, so when you see, okay, here's, you know, on USDT or USDC or some USD stablecoin, I can get interest. What usually happens is if you see something like 15% interest, that lasts for like a day. Why? Because there's the opportunity, there's some yield being paid out and because the interest rate is so high, lots of people will pile in and you essentially have a finite amount of payout going to more and more people, right? Hmm. And so the interest rate comes down. So today it's 15%. You put in some money, you're all excited. Tomorrow you check, it's like, oh, it's 9%. The next day it's like 4%. Before you know it, it's like 3%. Okay. Right? And why is that? Well, it's because it's sustainable yield, right? Maybe this protocol that's paying this out, they're generating some revenue or something and 
you know, some fee revenue or whatever, and they're paying that out to the people who uh, provide liquidity, something like that. Right. Like they're literally putting out different offers to get people into their stablecoin to buy into it, right? Right. Yeah. And that's and that's often with the farming, right? So they have a certain amount of tokens and they're going to be like, okay, we're paying out tokens to everyone who locks up their USD or whatever, right? Right. But, but again, because there's a finite amount and there's a, there's a smart contract that basically says pay out this many tokens divided among all holders every day, the more people pile in, the lower the yield goes, right? right? And, and this is why generally, if you look at different networks and different protocols and so on, you always get a r roughly the same yield everywhere yeah. because as soon as there's a difference, that the money floods over there, right? And this is an example of market efficiency, right? Yeah. <laughs> like pretty much supply and demand, right? It's supply and demand, yeah. exactly, right? And okay, and generally you get yield that's below inflation, especially now that inflation is through the roof, right? So you, you don't actually earn positive yeah. yield, <laughs> end of the day, right? And that's the reality, that's the reality of the situation, right? Yeah. You still, I guess you lose lesser than if you had invested, or if you had yeah. not invested, right? You lose less, but it comes with risk, right? Right. Um, that's, that's, the, that's the downside. So that your money is locked up in some smart contract, maybe it gets hacked, whatever, right? And and again, the market is relatively efficient there. Where generally, the more risk there is, the higher the yield is going to be because fewer people pile into it, right? Hmm. Now, the anchor, the reason I'm saying all this is that this is how it usually works. The anchor protocol was like, hey, we pay out twenty percent forever, no matter what. Wow. Right? And how how is that possible? Yeah. Now, here's the thing, right? Instead of saying, okay, this is the opportunity of a lifetime. Let me put all my money into this and I'll be rich. If you simply ask, hold on, where does this money come from? Okay. And keep in mind, this is one of the great things about blockchain technology. This is all public. Right. You can check, you can look up, where's this money coming from, right? Right, right. <laughs> like it is publicly accessible. There, there are no, um, you know, smoke screens here. So... If you simply ask that question, hold on, and more and more people are piling into this, they're paying out 20% to everyone. How does this work? Where's this money coming from? You can look this up and literally you're like one search away from finding, you know, I, I understand not everyone can like go through the blockchain and understand right. what's happening, but there's plenty of people who explain this in very simple terms. You're like one search away from finding out that what's happening is they have a treasury, a large treasury, and they're burning through it. Right? They have a pile of money and they are paying from that pile of money to their users and the pile is growing smaller every day. And the more users they have, they have the faster the pile is shrinking. Right. That's what's happening. So as a conclusion to that, right away, you can see this is not sustainable. Yeah. And now, yeah, we could, we could talk about this more, but, but in simple terms, you can see that this is not sustainable. What happened at one point is that the investors behind this thing essentially bailed out the protocol by injecting a few billion more. Now, and this was public news, this was publicly reported. Now, at this point, you need to pull out all of your money, right? If you had money in the protocol before, this was your sign to get the fuck out. Because what they're showing you is that we are burning through our treasury faster than we expected because otherwise we, you know, we, we wouldn't would, be yeah. in a situation where we're like, oh, crap, we need to we need inject more money. More money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And instead of adjusting their yield, they were just like, no, no, let's just put some more money on the pile. So they don't have a plan either. Right. This is your moment to get out. And 
this is, again, the reason I'm saying this is because I want to illustrate, right? I want to illustrate what, what I mean by that. It's so important to ask the question, where does this money come from? Because that money leads you to the answer where you don't have to be a genius to see that this is not going to work, right? Right. And it's the people who got the most wrecked are the ones who simply believed, oh, somehow, magically, I'm not asking, basically, I'm not asking the question, right? I'm just going to get 20% forever. And you literally had people, you know, one video went viral of someone being like, hey, I'm a genius, you know, I, I basically bought this home and I'm refinancing the home and putting it into Anchor and the interest is going to pay my mortgage or whatever, right? Yeah. Something like that. So basically, hey, I have a free mansion. Yeah. In theory, it's true. Yeah. yeah, and can you imagine the amount of trouble this guy's in now, right? Now, yeah, for That sure. literally went to zero, okay? This guy now <sighs> owes a mansion that he absolutely cannot afford, right? Jesus. So, and, and this is also one of those things, man, if it's too good to be true, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Because that's exactly, that's exactly the reason something like this can't exist. Think about it, right? 20% annually. Forever, like, yeah. Forever, like... <laughs> what if Jeff Bezos comes along and just puts his entire net worth in? <laughs> Again, where does that money come from? If it really was sustainable, then wouldn't all the money in the world basically rush there, right? <laughs> like you have to have some... Yeah, good point. You, you have to have some system that regulates this, right? So anyway, this is to me, this was just a good example because as tragic as it is that so many people lost so much money. It is just also an example where literally people were one question away from finding out that this wasn't gonna work. Right. So the other thing here I think is that, and this this is where, you know, like you said, knowledge is power. And I think in finance is, is just one of these examples where developing your mind is something that really pays off. So developing even just this question, right? This is like a mental tool you have. You 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 see some offer, right? Yeah. You see some opportunity and you ask yourself, okay, that looks really good. Where does that money come from? It's almost yeah. like a very simple mental model that can help you avoid getting scammed, right? And developing your mind, developing ways of, of asking the right questions, thinking strategically, making smart decisions is something that pays off in finance to a huge degree, right? Yeah. And, and just yeah, to interject, yeah. like another question that you could add to that is like, what happens if something goes wrong? Yeah. Right. Like that's a great question to ask. Because totally, yeah. the time you were talking about this, right? I don't think missing out on such a great opportunity is a smart move. Capitalize on it. But the way to have done that, like as you mentioned in the course, is through risk management, right? Yeah. Don't just put everything you own into the thing. Put yeah. a portion in it. And I'm sure we'll cover that too. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and you know, on that note, not that I recommend doing this, but this is... I made a lot of money off of Luna, okay? Because I bought the token when it was relatively cheap and everyone was hyping it and I kept selling it, right? <laughs> I kept selling it as the price was going up. I put some of the money I made into the Anchor protocol, but I put a tiny fraction of my money that I that was basically free money that I scooped off the top. Right. I put a tiny fraction of that into the Anchor protocol. Uh, which is essentially risk-free, right? All I'm doing is if this goes wrong, I'm losing some of the profits I made, okay? Mm. So I'm not putting any, I'm not taking money out of my bank account and putting yeah. it in. Or your net worth, right? like it's yeah. not getting affected, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm only risking some of my, my profits, some, some opportunity cost. And same thing, right? Basically, I'm holding this asset and as the price goes up, 
I keep peeling off profits and I take them off the chain, right? I don't leave them on the Terra chain. Right. <laughs> I take them off the chain. And in the Anchor protocol, I was completely out, even though the, oh, I only had in such a small fraction, I was completely out of it by the time that news broke that they topped up the treasury, right? So this is this is the level to which I'm risk averse, right? <laughs> is right. that I will only invest a fraction of the free money I've already gotten. And even that I'm so nervous about that I pull it out immediately <laughs> upon some bad news, right? But that is a form of risk management because I'm basically looking at that and saying, yes, I'd like 20% yield, but what if something goes wrong? And getting 20% yield on your money is not a great deal if the potential downside is zero. Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, even with, because I'm not going to say that I knew for sure that this ecosystem would collapse. If that were the case, I would have shorted it and made even more money. I didn't do that, okay, because I didn't know. But I just look at something like this and say, okay, this is an experiment. This whole thing is like less than a year old. Mm. Anchor protocol is like a few months old when I first came across it. So even that is like, look, if five years from now, this this thing is still running and still paying out 20%, at that point, I would probably, you know, I would, I would rate the risk as lower just because, okay, it's survived a recession. It survived all this shit, right? And it still goes, well, maybe now I'd put more money in. But even just, hey, this is only just, this is a new company you know, a new protocol, a new thing, even that without even asking the question we were talking about, you can say, well, there's a risk here. Who knows? Right. Most businesses fail, right? I was literally thinking <laughs> yeah. of that. And another question that comes to mind is like, you know, for someone listening to this can be like, oh yeah, but Shane, you know, you can do that because you're quote unquote actively trading. Mm. So do you think there's an element of active versus passive here? Or so I was just thinking in terms of rebuttals that somebody could have. Yeah, yeah. So so in general, I would I would not recommend that anyone actively trade. But what I do recommend is that you take profit. So, and that was really what I was doing with, or I did actively trade Luna to some degree, but most of the money I made was just taking profit, which is to say that, you know, I came across this project, I determined based on, you know, just like the hype, basically, I determined that probably this is one of the things that's gonna go up a lot. I happened to be right about it. I also put money into stuff where I wasn't right about it, right? So it's just one of several bets I took. Right. But the difference is that as the price goes up, what most people do is, you know, let's say you put in $1,000, you see it grow to 2,000, you're like, oh my God. What do most people do? They start dreaming about, this is gonna make me rich, yeah. right? It's gonna and go then to it, four and five. Exactly, and then, and then you know, and if it's something like that, you can see that you you put in 1,000, it goes to 2,000, 4,000, 5,000, 10,000. And what most people do is fantasize about how rich they're gonna get and maybe put in even more money. And what I'm doing is I'm just selling, right? I'm selling like my life depends on it. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> and <Wow. laughs> no, I mean, I, I don't wanna exaggerate because, but it's at any given point, you wanna think in probabilities, right? So I put in some money, I see the value of that go up and at this point in time, there's a certain chance that it keeps going up and there's a certain chance that that's it. And I play those chances, right? Mm. So if I, and again, this depends on, on multiple factors. So, you know, a very simple thing to do is like take out half your money every time it doubles, for example, right? Yeah, okay. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. I'm like, what clicked for me was like, okay, if you put in a thousand, it turned to two, right? It's like, mm -hmm. okay, 
let me remove the 1,000, A, it's profit, and B, yeah. my initial investment's still there. Now, exactly. if I want, I can buy more, and then when that goes up, mm -hmm. okay. And, and also, by the way, right, by the time it went to zero, I still had roughly my initial investment in, right? Intact, and you didn't lose it. No, I, so that was still, so I had pulled out, it was the exact numbers, I'm, I'm not exactly sure anymore, but it was something like, I put in something like $6,000, by the time it hit zero, I had taken out about $60,000 and I had also traded it a little bit. So I probably made something, I probably made something over 10X, right? Let's say 10, right. or, let's say 10 or 12X my initial investment. I still had 6,000 or a bit less, I had about $5,000 worth of Luna tokens and that went to zero, right? Damn. <laughs> And, but it's like, it, the reason was that I was again playing the probabilities, right? At this point, and I, I, I remember that I was looking at it and, and you know, I was seeing the bad news basically. And I was like, okay, should I pull all of this out? And I just told myself, look, I've already, oh yeah. And I also had some other tokens. Basically I pulled out, it's probably more than 12X. Let's say I pulled out about 15X my initial investment. I was like, okay, the probabilities are right now, I would rate the chances of a collapse as higher right, it's fairly like, higher than 50%. I think this higher than 50% chance that it goes wrong, but I could be wrong. Maybe this is a long-term success, right? And I just decided, look, this is less than the money I originally put in. I already got like 15X my money out. I'm just gonna leave it, right? I'm just gonna leave it and maybe five years from now, this is worth a lot of money or it goes to zero. It's still all free money, right? <laughs> So to me, I don't think of this as, oh, I lost $5,000. It was just like, as the, you know, the longer the odds were in my favor, the, the more money I took out until it was like, yeah, whatever, 5% of the total was left. And I was like, okay, this is, I'm just going to ride this, you know, either to zero or to wherever. To it the goes. moon. <laughs> yeah. 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 I just want to plug in here, like the thing you're talking about, how to think in terms of probabilities, right? Like you, we actually have a free course on ikaria.com yeah. slash classes called strategic decision-making. Yeah. I think the URL is ikaria.com slash SDMC mm -hmm. strategic decision-making course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The things like Shane's mentioning here, he explains it masterfully there. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that's just an example of how you apply mental, mental models, models, right? You, yeah. you, you develop your mind and then you apply that very specifically, right? And again, at that point in time, this is the other thing, right? When it collapsed, I didn't panic and I wasn't sad about the money I lost because I had already made that decision. I had made the decision, this is the amount of, of money that I'm, that I'm willing to, to, to lose, expose basically. to total risk, right? Um, okay. And, and also to be clear, right? Had the story been different, like let's say I would have been a late investor in Luna, and I, you know, I put in $6,000 and I see it go to 7,000 or something. And then all this bad news comes out. I would have made a different decision. I would have said, you know what? I'm just pulling it all out because I, I didn't already get a bunch of free money from the whole thing, right? Right, right. So again, like that's, that's basically how I make the decisions. And that's also why I don't feel any panic whenever prices go down. And, you know, like I said, you know, Luna was a good example for me. I made quite a lot of money off of that. It's, and you know, my initial investment was, was relatively small, but that's also because it was one of multiple bets that I made of, you know, smaller tokens that I thought would take off. And, um, and, and also let me say about this, of course, you could say, hey, if you had 
not taken profit as the price goes up and you had just like, you know, kept, on kept it all in yeah. and then taken it all out at $100 or something, I could have made way more. That's true. But I don't know when the top is, right? Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. like a, that's a fantasy to think that, oh, I'm going to buy here and then I'm going to sell at the top. I can't do that. And I know yeah. that I can't do that, right? Yeah. And th that's why I also don't feel bad. I don't do the mental math. Oh my God, if I had, you know, if I had just kept all of my initial in and it went up, whatever, 50X, I could have had this much money. No, I couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't, this is not real, right? I mean, l you know, as you say in the course, like looking back, you can be like, oh, if I just bought then yeah. and sold here, I would yeah. be a freaking billionaire by yeah. now, right? <laughs> yeah, but exactly. like nobody can ever time that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so th what you're describing with these mental models and the probabilistic thinking is pretty much the antidote to that, to the fantasy of buy low, sell high, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's also the antidote to, I mean, look, it's not going to completely protect you from emotions. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But, but like I say, I have never been in a situation where I'm like panicking, you know, because prices go down. Right. Or, you know, I'm kind of rushing oh, to my shit. phone trying to, yeah. <laughs> because... I always take that into consideration. And and this is also one of the things that's kind of mad about, about this, right? Especially in the crypto space, you have all these funds, all these investment funds and whatnot blowing up <laughs> because, because crypto assets went down 75%. And you're just like, hold on, you were, you were over leveraged. Basically your strategy for investing in crypto did not take into consideration that prices might go down 75% on an asset that historically goes down 90% every four years. <laughs> like how stupid is that? Wow. <laughs> right? So to me, that's also just like, I am not surprised when crypto assets go down by 90% because that's what they do. Yeah. <laughs> that's what they Cyclically, always do. Reliably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like, why is this a surprise to anyone, right? And, but, but again, I make my plans in advance with that in mind. Look, I would, and also I expected, I expected especially Bitcoin to go higher, okay? So, and my game plan um, was based around that. Right. So look, I would have been much happier <laughs> to see. <laughs> Had it actually gone up, yeah. 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 I'd, be, I'd have been much happier to see prices keep going up. Um, and and for sure, you know, my net worth, my total net worth is below its all-time high by quite a bit. And I, I don't love that, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I'm also looking at that going, okay, what do I need to do differently next time? You, clearly, my strategy was not perfect. And I don't want to pretend ever that I'm like a great investor or a great trader or anything. Um I'm, in fact, if anything, right, I'm also not, I'm not great with numbers. I'm not an economist. I'm not someone who can look at, you know, tables of data and be like, oh, because of the options skew, you know, on November 29th, blah, blah, blah. It's like most of this, you know, trading talk makes no sense to me, right? right? <laughs> so, but, but I think that's exactly the point is like, look, I'm just some guy. And also, by the way, I was always bad at math, right? <laughs> I'm not that great with numbers. So I'm just some guy but because I use certain relatively simple mental models, I have managed to make a lot of money out of these markets where most people just get absolutely ruined, right? And that's that's basically what I'm trying right. to share, right? <laughs> so this is not some kind of a genius strategy for whatever. Lots of money have made, lots of people have made way more money than me in these markets. But these people are generally far smarter than me and are, you know, highly experienced. And, and like I said, the kinds of people who have some quant model and, and, you know, that ingests 
God knows how much data and comes out with, you know, this is very complicated, right? So if you want to learn that, this is not the place to do it. But but the whole wealth building course is supposed to be for like normal people, yeah. right? Because like realistically, you know, trading and investing, these are highly, highly skilled, high difficulty jobs, right? Uh, just like being an entrepreneur is not for everyone. Yeah. And it's certainly not easy. The same is true for trading and investing. You can be a successful trader, but it's extremely difficult. Uh, probably one of the most difficult things you can do. And most people should not do that. Um, yeah. So the, the question for most people is, how do I play this game in such a way that I end up winning um, without having to dedicate my life to understanding options markets or something like that? Yeah, right? yeah for sure. Uh, so that's, that's the, the yeah. approach I come from. And again, like in a way, this is how I'm playing it to, to stick with the other example, right? I'm fully aware that I am not maximizing the potential profit I can get out of, out of an asset by, by selling it as the price goes up. I'm fully aware that I will not find the optimal entry and the optimal exit. But instead of fantasizing that I somehow could, I just say, look, I'm, I'm not smart enough to be able to do that. So I'm just going to take the money while I make it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, Good call, yeah. Right? And, and I think that, especially with these highly volatile assets, um, that is a smart thing to do. Where, you know, look, I think we'll, we're, we'll see this again, and probably in crypto, probably also in other spaces. Like, we've, you always see these kind of bubbles, right? You always see some hype happening. And like, I, you know, the, um, the example of Peloton, that wasn't the only one. You know, when COVID hit, and especially as the stimulus started rolling out, lots of companies were like riding the COVID company hype train, right? Where people were like, this is the, yeah. the future of remote work or whatever. And if you catch one of those, you'll see this kind of meteoric rise. And as a non-trader, the best thing you can do is just be like, hey, I'm being handed free money here. I'm going to take it. <laughs> right <laughs> that's it have some plan for how you take profit right so these mental models are essentially like guideposts right yeah yeah okay that's fair on how not to lose money exactly and you know this is this is one way to think of it right um which i only thought of after i think is actually a good a good way to sum up a lot of the stuff we talk about in the class is that what happens when you have one of these bubbles, when you have this excitement and assets go up like crazy, is everybody jumps in because there's this opportunity to make lots of money, right? And everybody thinks the game we're playing is make lots of money fast. But the game you're actually playing is don't lose your money. Yeah. And people who don't realize that learn the lesson by losing their money. And if you approach it like that, if you think, okay, this is a, <laughs> I can play this game here, and the objective is don't lose your money. That's the primary objective. And essentially have this super defensive strategy that's going to serve you really well. Yeah. Man, you're reminding me, I'm, I've been trying to think who I heard this from. But some quote was like, there are two rules to making money. Mm -hmm. Rule number one, don't lose money. Rule number two, refer to rule number one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. So that's, I think, you know, a good approach. Yeah. Based on the current market, yeah. I have a question for you. Yeah. So I remember reading somewhere in a random article, like Warren Buffett's tips for yeah. making money, right? And one of the things I remember reading was he's like, I'm genuinely surprised 
why people are stressed out when the market is down. Because had you, if you go to any store and you see like, oh, there's a 60% discount on my favorite thing, yeah. you'd be overfilled with joy, right? So tying into like risk management and like asset allocation and stuff, mm-hmm. like obviously you'd be in a much better position if you had at least, let's say, I don't know, randomly 40, 50% of your net worth in cash. Yeah. Because then you're looking at everything as like at least 75% down. You're like, mm-hmm. well, yes, here you go. Here's like, you know, 20% of my money. Let yeah. me buy it. Yeah, so that's that's in general true. And this also, again, for, you know, for most people who are not doing this professionally, you have a source of income. And that's that's the important part, right? Even if you don't have a, a money saved up to invest, um, you have a source of income and you want to allocate some portion of that to investments. And when prices go down a lot, that's your opportunity to buy these assets that you believe are going to be more valuable in the future, for cheaper, and that's a great thing. Of course, the reason people aren't excited about it is because they overinvested when prices were yeah, high. Right? On the front end, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you know, look, the, the worst thing you can do, the very worst thing you can do is get excited about it because prices are going up, put too much money in, then panic when prices are going down, sell at a loss, stop buying when prices are low, and then buy again high when prices are going up again, right? Mm. So it's like you can double down on your mistake, yeah. you know, by continually essentially buying higher than you end up selling. Right? Yeah. So this is like raw emotion versus mental models, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like when you try to, I don't know, cross the woods without the guideposts, you mm-hmm. keep running into bears, lions, tigers. Yeah. But if you know, okay, here's like this tree's fucked up, you know, there, mm-hmm. there's a fight sign or something. There's probably a bear there. I'm not going to go yeah. there. You know, I'll go left yeah, or whatever. Yeah. You come out unscathed, essentially, or yeah, as unscathed as possible. Yeah, yeah. And it's not. It's it's really not that hard, right? It's not that yeah. hard. It's really just... It, the system basically just takes advantage of people who don't uh, who don't have a plan, right? Mm. That's uh, that's just how it is. So what I, what I think the best outcome is uh, for people is that um, and, you know, I talked about this in the class as well. There's, there's a lesson called the next crash is coming. We just don't know when. Well, now we're in it. This yeah. is it, right? <laughs> Ta-da! And honestly, this is good news, right? This is good news. Because if you only got interested in all this stuff in, like, 2021, you didn't have the opportunity. Like, hopefully, you didn't have the opportunity to, like, overinvest too much, right? And right. now you're already in the crash. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. So now you can get serious about this. It also brings a lot of, like, it brings a sober perspective to everything. And we see that in in stocks where a lot of the tech stocks, you know, the evaluation, like the how much should a company be worth? The idea of that has changed a lot. Like the goalposts are shifting a lot, right? right. And that's a good thing because yeah. people used to be like, oh, yeah, like 75%, 75 times earnings is, is reasonable. And now they're like, yeah, maybe that wasn't reasonable. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that's a good thing. It brings this kind of sobriety to the whole space. And this can happen to you personally as well. Or maybe... You bought some token, you know, thinking this is it. This is going to be the greatest thing ever. And now you're looking at it you're like, what? <laughs> what did I do? Why did I, why did, why did I get excited about this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so now is a good time to, to like go back and, and look at all this stuff and think about, okay, well, what actually has legs, right? What, what actually might stick around? My recommendation is basically still the same. Yeah. Like buy Bitcoin and the ETH and 
No. And just chill, yeah. And and take like one percent of your investment money, put it into something else to to scratch the itch, you know, of like, yeah, sure, buy some some garbage. Yeah. <laughs> or even review the course. I'm going to do this personally. That's what I'm going to say it. Like, review the course from the perspective of, okay, I'm learning how not to lose money here. Yeah. And what am I picking up from here, right? Like, with that yeah. specific mindset. Mm-hmm. And and the same with stocks, right? I mean, I think you know, index funds still a good idea. Um, and you might also want to pick some companies. Yeah, you you might think that you know you know what if prices are keep going, I, I think they're going to keep going down for a while, and and maybe you think you know Apple is going to keep crushing it, Microsoft is going to keep crushing it, whatever whatever companies um, you have in mind, you might want to own some of those as well. But probably you're better off with index funds. But if you have the conviction that these things will go up in value in the future, then now is a good time to buy. That the worst thing you can do is stop buying because prices are low. Yeah. Like revisit yeah. your convictions and keep buying. Yeah. Like there's a discount in the market. Yeah. It is the time to buy. Yeah. And and yeah, like I said, so my suspicion is that, you know, we've talked about the dominoes falling, right? You have overleveraged companies being blown up. It happens first in the risky sectors like new tech companies, crypto, and so on. I, my personal suspicion, and I'm not an economist, so I could be totally wrong, but my personal suspicion is that this will keep going, and we'll keep seeing dominoes fall. And you know, something like real estate, I think, is going to come too. That we'll have some kind of a price crisis there. That usually takes much longer, right? So, and that also makes sense because you know you can buy and sell your crypto coins very quickly. Buying and selling entire houses and office buildings and whatnot takes longer. There's like a slower market, right? Right. So it also takes longer for these price effects to reach a market like that. It doesn't mean that it has to, you know. You can have a collapse in one sector of the economy but not another. But in general, right, the, the picture in, in general doesn't look great. You know, we've got a war in Europe. We've got an energy crisis, a possible food crisis. We've got um, too much money printing leading to a bunch of problems, supply chain issues leading to problems. We have inflation, which is not mm. looking good in most places, and something must be done about inflation. And unfortunately, um, if you think of it in very simple terms, you know, supply and demand um, dictates price. So if you have less supply, supply chain issues, right, that we've all heard about, and um, but equal demand, that drives up prices. Plus, if you have more money, right, you've, you've helicopter moneyed everyone, then there's more money and l- the same demand and less supply that drives prices up like crazy. Right. And this is, in very simple terms, what's happening in, in most parts of the world. Yeah. And therefore, buying power goes down, right? Yeah. Or like your money is worth less. Your money is worth less, yeah. yeah. And unfortunately, the solution for this is, or one of the solutions for this is what's called demand destruction. <laughs> wow. If you, if you can lower demand that will end up lowering prices. How do you lower demand? You make sure that a lot of people are poor. Now, your friendly central bank is not going to tell you that. Right. But but that's what it's about. It's like if we raise interest rates, the the knock-on effects of that is essentially makes money more expensive um, and you have a combination of people's living costs going up because of inflation plus the price of money going up will lead to greater unemployment. Usually that's what you see right. is greater unemployment. You essentially get a recession, which means that people are too poor to keep up the demand. Mm. <laughs> okay. Wow. Again, this is obviously an oversimplified 
explanation, but this is like the thing that they don't tell you. But this is why the Federal Reserve talks about interest. You know, they talk about the dual mandate. The two things they have to um, consider is inflation and employment. Why inflation and employment? Is be is because employment is the factor that goes down when you do demand destruction, essentially. Wow. Um, yeah. So one question that comes to mind is like, like this feels or seems like a bit too much in the tinfoil hat territory, mm -hmm. right? Like, I don't know. It's hard to believe that that's how these things are fixed in the world. Or like this is, <laughs> well, I guess it's not hard to believe. There's so much that happens. Yeah. I mean, look, there's, you can, obviously there's, yeah, no one Many, will come and outright say it. No know? one will say this, yeah. no. But it's also not, it's not really hidden. It's not really a secret. Right, because it's happening. It happens it, it, clearly. Yeah, you yeah. can see the effects. And, you know, even you even have, you, you now have the Federal Reserve in America talking about a soft landing. We're trying to do a soft, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> a soft <laughs> landing of, you're talking about, there's going to be an economic crash, but we're trying to make it a soft landing. So mm. it's not really, it's not really that hidden. Okay, yeah. <laughs> like the solution to this problem is a recession <laughs> or that's that's the playbook. Right. But if you look up this, um, the monetary playbook that uh, that the US and and Europe and most countries use this whole idea of um, of creating money, right, like like we've done for the COVID crisis, the other side of that it's it's re it's not it's kind of an open secret you can you can read up about that and make right. up your own mind about what you think is happening right? yeah, yeah, yeah. but but anyway the, the point is inflation is extremely destructive as a lot of people are experiencing in their own lives right now and something has to be done about it because runaway inflation can destroy a country very quickly um and so i think that's going to take longer to play out right i don't think that we will you know, three months from now, it'll be like, oh, inflation is back down to 2%. Everything is fine. Yeah. Uh, the economy is booming again. That seems very unlikely, right? And again, I'm, si I'm simply thinking about this in terms of probabilities. Right. So I'm not saying this is definitely going to happen or the, the, there's going to be an 18-month recession. Or I don't know. I just think that right now, with everything I know, it seems more likely that it will take a while for all of this to unwind and we'll see prices go down lower before we have a recovery. Uh, one thing to, to look out for is you have always the overextension of projections. So, you know, when asset prices are going up, a typical sign of like the late stage of a bubble is when people start talking about how this is a new paradigm and how this is not a bubble, this is welcome to the future. Everything yeah. only goes up, everything only gets better, right? Right. It's a new paradigm. This is not a market cycle. We are beyond market cycles now, right? When people start talking about that, that's a sign that we're close to the end. <laughs> but similarly, there's, there's also the other thing on the flip side. Like right now, you still have quite a lot of believers, you know, believing that, you know, the market's going to be fine. Yes, you know, it's a bit bumpy right now, but it's going to be fine. Uh, crypto is, yeah, okay, a lot of stuff is, is down a lot, but it's going to come back. A sign that we're closer to the end of that is when people are like, no, this is it. This is the end. It's never coming back, right? Crypto, no, it was all a scam. It's never coming back, right? And even, you know, the American economy, this is the end. This is the end of the American economy. Europe, forget about it. 
right? Europe is going to be uh, back to medieval state, you know, in five years. When people are talking like that, that's a sign that we're close to the end of the, you know, of wow. the downturn. So when people are like out of hope, like completely yeah. lose hope, basically. Yeah. And that you again, like th this is just I don't know why this is, but that's usually how it is. <laughs> that's yeah. usually You're how just it is. talking about the telltale signs, right? Yeah. You're not. One of the things I was thinking while you were describing all this, right? I'm like, I wonder how much like are we being too doom and gloom here? Mm -hmm. But then I started thinking like, okay, he's just describing the real real world traits and signs you can physically see, right? Like yeah. this is what's happening. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. And you know, I'm also again, it's about probabilities. So Yeah. I'm I would love to see a, a fast recovery. I would love to be surprised. You know, I'd love to be surprised where it's like, oh, some something, someone comes up with something that leads to a quick recovery. We have another kind of boom of productivity or something. That'd be wonderful. I'd love to see that, right? Yeah. And I'm also positioning myself in such a way that I'm not just totally ruined if that happens, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, like it's within the realm of possibility. Exactly. Right? Yeah. How probable is it? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Exactly. So, so that's that's basically how I'm playing it right now. I do think that there will be a moment in maybe next year at some point, right? Maybe in 2024, there will be a moment. And when I say a moment, there will be a period of a few months where it's like, okay, now is probably a good time to go in hard. Right, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and usually that's after. So the ideal for me, and I don't think we're going to get this because it would be too easy. But the ideal scenario would be that you have like, you know, we've already had like capitulation events, right? Where clearly, people are like, yeah, businesses are shutting down, people are being liquidated, right? And you have this, you have a downtrend, and then you have like it grinds downwards. So assets become very uninteresting because they're just slowly grinding downwards, with like occasional volatility spikes just so you can't make money shorting it either right hmm. so it becomes like it's just it's just depressing <laughs> it's basically right. just depressing you know so the excitement goes away because it's exciting when prices go up it's exciting when prices go down it's exciting when they whipsaw but if it's just like a slow grind bleed out like pff, whatever right? yeah <laughs> that happens for a while and people get like a little hopeful, you know, maybe the curve starts bending upwards. People get a little hopeful and then there's another capitulation. <laughs> just to slow down. Just just <laughs> yeah. to like, oh, you oh, you had a glimmer of hope. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and that is when you want to buy. Right. It's basically when people have given up hope and the last people holding on are getting kicked in the teeth. That's when you want to buy. But <laughs> that is like too easy almost. Right. Because you can also endlessly wait for that last capitulation to miss out so i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna be sitting around like with a huge pile of cash like waiting for the moment right but i just think that if you start seeing that slow bleed out everybody's losing interest nobody talks about crypto anymore right everybody it's like who in 2021 was like oh yeah i'm a crypto trader is now yeah. like no crypto never heard of it <laughs> right yeah, yeah. <laughs> and same with uh 2018 right when it yeah. first went to whatever 30k i, I forget the exact it was like number. 19 yeah yeah 19 sorry yeah. yeah. At the time, everyone's like, oh, have you heard of this thing called fucking Bitcoin? <laughs> yeah, it's, like, yeah. it's like, yeah, I didn't think it would be a big deal. but <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So that's going to happen again, right? Everybody's yeah. going to scrub their scrub their VCs, right? Nobody's going to, everyone's going to pretend like they've never heard of crypto. Um, when you have that slow grind down, that's, I think, when it's a good time to just maybe ramp up your, your dollar cost averaging a bit, right? Start right. putting a bit come more back money in. in. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, and then, you know, the, the biggest thing for anyone who has been a participant in this cycle, and like I said, you've experienced 
money goes up a lot, very exciting, then oh, oh no, it all collapses, very sad. The best thing you can do is continue being a participant, right? And make sure that you're, that next time you join early, okay? Right. And so by the time when there's a next wave and prices are going up like crazy again, when you see lots of new people flooding in and they're all telling each other, no, don't worry, we're still early, you start selling, right? <laughs> you start selling to these people who are excited newbies. I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a bit, you know, it is a cruel world. I'm sorry, like the way you make money is you take other people's money, right? But that's what happened to you this time around, <laughs> okay? Yeah. This is how markets work, right? If you make money in a market, you took someone else's money. Um, and Fair enough. There's that, the Ponzi scheme. <laughs> there's the Ponzi scheme, yeah. And, and, uh, but also, it's you're also exchanging risk, right? right. It's like you you are holding on to this risk until someone else comes along and says, "Okay, I'm going to take this risk," and they now hold the risk and the potential upside that you're missing out on. Right. Which so is it fair. is it is fair, right? Yeah. But remind it, me of that story you said in the previous podcast of like the, the guy in the suit who goes to get his shoe shined, right? Mm -hmm. And he gives like the kid twenty five cents. <laughs> yeah. The kid's like, oh, I'm going to invest. This seems like a good idea. And the yeah. guy's like, oh, shit, I got to go <laughs> yeah. sell. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, it's that, right? You want to you wanna be that guy. And by, by continuing to be a participant, by continuing your DCA, during this time where it's unexciting and everything's going down, it means that next time you'll actually be early. Because by the time everyone else is excited about it, you've already sold most of your, most of right. your holdings. And which isn't to say, I'm not saying, like, again, you're not trying to time the bottom and the top. I'm just saying, as prices go up like crazy, take some money off, right? Take some money off the top. Because also for me, like there's a certain amount of, um, you know, I did a lot of selling, right? So I hold far fewer stocks and crypto now than I did 18 months ago. But I still have a bunch. And I basically, I have an allocation in my portfolio where it's just like, you just hold this, no matter what happens, right? So there's some, you know, whatever it is, Bitcoin or, or index funds, where I'm just like, I'm I'm only adding to this, right? I'm only adding to this pile no matter what happens. Even if I'm like 90% sure that this is the top, I'm just going to keep this, right? That's the true long term. I do not trade this back. Right. And but then a large portion of my uh, investable assets are not this hold forever, are not like in the hold forever bucket, but in the it's called it like very slow trading bucket, which is to say, again, like I've been talking about, it's just like, look, if I see this price going up like crazy, I'm going to sell some, <laughs> right? Yeah. That's basically it. Yeah, true. Like take profits from it, yeah, right? But don't profits, just completely yeah. sell out. Yeah. Okay. So that's how I play it. But again, the, the course is designed in such a way that you should end up with all the tools you need to make your own decisions, right? Because... As you can hear, right, if, especially for anyone listening now, if this is the first time you hear me talk about this stuff, I'm a believer in crypto. Um, I, you know, I, th I think crypto has uh, a chance to, to build a better financial system. So I'm an ideological believer in it. Right. I do believe it's going to come back. I do believe it's a good asset class. I'm less enthusiastic, for example, about real estate, uh, which is, you know, the golden child of investing for most yeah. people, right? But the course is not about, here's my opinion on why I'm right. The course is simply, like, here's the tools of how to think about this stuff so you can make your own decisions. Like, I'm not here to tell you you should buy crypto. I'm not here to tell you you should or shouldn't buy real estate. I simply want you to have these tools that let you make your own decisions with your money. Because I think that's also really important. You know, in the, so 
obviously I've we have this class and I do occasional updates where I talk about my thoughts about the market but you also have to be um, aware that I can be wrong right yeah that's true um, and I could be completely wrong like in the and this is especially in the insiders area so for for the insider members of Ikaria I've posted like occasional updates with my thoughts and so far I've been pretty uh, I think I've had a, I have I have a good track record so far but at any moment I could be just totally wrong and I could I could write a post saying oh here's why everything's going to go to shit and then prices go up yeah and it's just like okay I was wrong <laughs> right yeah fair enough and that can happen any time and this is why I think it's so important that you make your own decisions and you know why you're doing it because like even if I had a flawless track record, even if I was like the world's greatest traders and I'm updating people on what to buy and what to sell, you can't rely on me continuing to do that, right? Like, yeah. you you know, if, if you don't make your own decisions and you're just th thinking, oh, I'm going to do what Shane says, probably not a great idea. I'm going to do what Stanley Druckenmiller says, right? Stanley Druckenmiller is like a super successful investor. He has no obligation to update you. Right? Yeah. He has no obligation to tell you what you do with your money. What if he just takes a vacation in the most important period of the market ever? Yeah. Um, or, you know, and then he comes back and says, oh, by the way, four months ago, I did this with my money, right? Oh, crap. <laughs> right? So why didn't you tell me? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, it's not his job, right? Yeah, good point. So you can't, you can't be relying on other people to tell you what, you to, what to do with your money because A, they could be wrong and B, they have no obligation to keep telling you what to do. Yeah. So this is why I think it's so important that you actually have your own reasons to do this. And it's another factor that reduces the panic because if you don't have your own, if you don't understand what you're investing in, you don't have your own reasons and your own convictions and you see the price go down, you're gonna panic and sell. It is when you have conviction and you understand what this asset is that you can say, oh, prices are going down. This is a discount. This is a good thing. Yeah, right. right. So that's the situation you want to be in. Yeah, and this you're describing personal power. Yes. Right. You're not at the whims of your emotions. Like, oh no, oh my God, sell. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I would say one last thing to cover is also a an idea from the class where we talk about the gap between your income and your expenses. Yeah, I wanted to touch on that yeah. as well. Yeah. So is there anything specific you want to ask about that? Well, the things, for example, how, how you were saying, like with inflation rising, employment yeah. decreases, and the reason for that is crushing demand, right? Yeah. So if that's going to happen anyway, instead of being, you know, involuntary subjected to it, you, what if you chose that instead? And, yeah. you know, did you, obviously unemployment, that's out of your control, but in general, if you could reduce your own... Uh, living costs and expenses. Absolutely, yeah. Right, right, you're doing it to yourself, but for the long run. Ac absolutely, and it's, I think times like these, like I didn't expect this level of inflation, by the way, that's also something that took me by yeah, surprise. Yeah, this was a bit too crazy. It's like, holy crap, yeah. <laughs> right? Because obviously like the official numbers are in the single digits, but the actual living cost increase for most people is higher than that because these numbers are always massaged to look right. good, right? Because yes, okay, you know, uh, I think in the in the states the last number that came out was like nine point one percent. That is super high. That is super yeah. super high. But for if you look at individual things, you know, it's like fuel prices are up like twenty five percent. Housing is up something. Everything is you know everything that matters is up more than nine percent. Yeah. Right. And there's just the way they measure inflation. There's just a bunch of stuff in that basket that hasn't gone up that much, right? But for a lot of people, living costs have gone up by 
a lot more than 9%. This is horrible. Yeah. This is a horrible situation to be in. And it's also one of the reasons why we talk about opening that gap between income and expenses as much as possible and building a runway because stuff like this, look, at the very least, right, if you've already done that, you've opened up that gap, it means that maybe the gap is now closing because of inflation. That's not your fault. That's right. just really unfortunate. But that's so much better than going from living paycheck to paycheck to now you can't pay the bills anymore. And it's also not your fault, right? So that's one of the reasons you want to have that safety buffer. And also, it's it's kind of hard mode right now, but it's even more important now to do what you can to keep your living costs low and to increase your uh, income if possible, right? I think now is a good time to practice that, not only because it's necessary, but also because if you can do it now, it's going to be way easier in the future, you know, if and when we have better economic times. Um, so you might as well, you know, it's like hard mode right now for yeah. most people, but you might as well. You might as well really get into minimalism and see how low can I get my living costs. Yeah, exactly. It's like uh, with sports, right? Practice is always way harder than the actual game. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> you're supposed to grind grind it out right now right so yeah. when times are good a you're not just going to spend all your money because mm -hmm. you're like yeah time's good let's yeah. freaking you know yeah yeah blow some cash no you're just gonna be that much smarter make better decisions and continue to rise up mm -hmm. versus be subjected and you know taken out mm -hmm. by external circumstances yeah and this is also something where i you know i think i, wa I really want to encourage people to look at at these times that we're going through as uh, try to extract lessons from this you know so to, to come back maybe one more time to this example, I was talking about Luna, how I played that more or less, and how that was a good play for me. I made money from that. But at the same time, there are other projects I invested in where I lost money. Right. And for me, that's always like, okay, instead of, like basically, I don't blame anyone else, first of all. I don't blame anyone for me losing money on an investment. Instead, I look at it and go, what did I do wrong? Why did this go wrong? And how am I going to not make this mistake next time? Because, and I think this is also an aspect of playing the long game, right? I am not here to try and make lots of money immediately, you know, and then if that doesn't work, I'm just sad. Instead, I'm thinking, look, five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, I'm still going to be playing the money game hmm. and I want to be better at it then than now. And the money I lose is like a tuition fee, right? The question is, what am I learning? And and I knew, and I think anyone, you have to be aware of this. If you start playing the money game, as with everything, you're not going to be great at it immediately. You have to learn. And it's going to cost you money. Like you're going to make mistakes on the way, right? And I want to encourage people to think about it like that. Like, okay, it's like a tuition fee where you make these investments or you, you make choices with your money where you know, I could be wrong, I could lose this. And when you do lose money, think about what what can I learn from this? What can I learn from, um, yeah, from, from having made this mistake? And to give you an example, a practical example, you know, there was, there was a protocol called the Blizz protocol, which is a lending protocol. This is also a crypto thing. And I... I was basically on top of it when it launched, right? And I thought this is a great investment because it was based on the most successful lending protocol on Ethereum. It was on the Avalanche chain, which was a super hype chain at the moment, lots of growth at the time, right? 
And, and I just thought, hey, you know, it's a successful product over here. They made a couple of improvements. They're launching it on this chain that is very popular right now. This is great. And, and I basically lost all the money I put into it, which wasn't very much money, by the way, right? Because again, yeah. I'm not just going, oh, this is great and putting my net worth in, right? Here's my mansion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but still, I lost money that I'd rather not have lost. Um, and so what went wrong? Well, two lessons I took from that is first, I was too biased because I liked the original. So the original lending protocol it was based on is Aave, which I really personally like, you know, I'm very impressed with that tech and stuff. And, and I let that cloud my judgment too much, right? It was too much a personal, I think this is cool kind mm. of thing, right? And th But the second thing, and probably the more important factor is that their tokenomics, their their token model was just garbage. And I didn't see it at the time, right? They They had a token model and an incentive model, which now, if I see something similar, I know, oh, this is bad news. Right. And, and you know, I'm not going to go into the details. It would take too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the point is just, I didn't take the time to really look at, and you can always, this is always public information. You can always look at, okay, what if they have a token? How many of this token is there? You know, are they minting new ones? Uh, how many are held by different entities, right? So how many people, you know, how many tokens does the team hold? How many tokens do investors hold? How many tokens are being paid out and stuff like that? And if you look at that, you can basically tell is this, you know, is this a good idea or not? So, you know, a typical example is different from, from this one, but something that many projects had is that you'd have some project launching with a token. And if you look at the token distribution, you see that like 90% of the tokens are owned by like the team and investors <laughs> and whatnot. And 10% of the tokens are being paid out to the plebs, right? And you see that and you just go, no, I'm not going to do that because right. I'm just exit liquidity for the people who actually own this token, right? right. <laughs> so now this example with Blizz was a bit more complicated than that, but it was, it's kind of similar, right? If you look at the tokenomics, you're like, oh, this is, this is not going to work. This is going to go to right. zero. And so I lost money on that. But instead of just going, oh, the, it's the dev's fault or whatever, right? yeah. <laughs> it's, it's President Biden's fault, <laughs> you know, <laughs> whatever, right? Find someone to blame. Um, instead, I'm like, okay, how, what do I learn from this so that next time I don't make the same mistake? Yeah, and I really like the way you framed it. It's like, this was my tuition for yeah. learning this lesson, right? I never mm -hmm. actually put that together. Yeah. yeah. That's another mental model right there. Anytime mm -hmm. you lose, oh. This is the price I paid for mm -hmm. that lesson. And you paid the price, so better learn the lesson. Yeah, right? exactly. Because you already paid for it. Because <laughs> yeah. usually it's like, oh, I made a mistake. Okay, I learned the lesson. Fair enough. Yeah. But if you attach now a mental price to it yeah. or a physical actual price to it, yeah. just like deepens that uh, lesson even more. Yeah. Okay. And fair enough. Yeah. So all in all, uh, okay, I, there was one thing that was coming to mind, right? Like, Because mm. a lot of this stuff can seem very intimidating. So it, mm. it seems like step one is like, take responsibility for your own we wealth and finances, right? Yeah. Like no one's, is, you say this all the time, like no one's coming to save you. Like yeah. If you follow somebody blindly, it's not gonna work out perfectly. There's no fairy tale ending pr pretty much, right? Yeah, yeah. So you take responsibility, you develop mental models of how to basically counteract or whatever the word is, your raw emotions. Yes. Because yes. you, you describe it, it's a really funny lesson, one of my favorite ones in the course where you, where you describe, see, like this looks like a good idea. And when you look at the full picture, you're like, holy shit, I lost everything I had, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. So that was amazing. So mental models to counteract emotions. And a third one is get in the game. But, yes. 
start slow obviously don't don't i'm sorry i keep coming up with a mansion thing because i can't yeah. forget it just don't put your mansion on the line yeah start slow and then gr- build from there right yeah, so, yeah. okay yeah totally and I, I do think you know and i also talked about that i think we talked about that last time even if it's this is also how i started you know you go like oh this is weird and i generally start you know by w- the first time i used the lending protocol or DeFi protocol or whatever I look at it and I go, I, I don't know what this is. This is weird, right? Is this a scam? Is this going to work? And I put in like $50, yeah. right? To see what happens. <laughs> so, so, and that's what I mean by like, play the game, like be involved. Because I'm not trying to make like this, this all or nothing decision. Where it's like, this is great. I'm going to put all my money in. Or no, I'm not going to touch this. It's too confusing. I'm more like, okay, I dip my toe in here. And it's like, oh, okay, this is how it works. Um, and so you can build up some knowledge about this stuff and get familiar with it, you know, in in baby steps. And right. it's the same with, you know, owning stocks and things like that. It's all new and weird. But like download one of these apps and yeah. put in like 50 bucks or 10 bucks or whatever just to see what, what it's happens, like. Yeah. That's a good way to start. And it's much better than what most people do is like basically FOMO in, right? Where it's just like, oh, my God, here's all my money. Yeah. And, and it's also like, how, I don't know how these people sleep, right? Again, emotions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Entirely subjected to their emotions, right? Yeah. You know, okay, I have a question around mm-hmm. that. So after watching the course, personally, I had been DCAing into crypto, right? So that I understand. Mm-hmm. I see, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, good time to buy. Or like, oh, market's up, still DCA, whatever, keep going, do your thing. With stocks, I did something similar. I put in 100 bucks. And initially, I was like, I have no idea what to buy. So I just picked some random stuff. <laughs> it sound cool, right? <laughs> yeah, okay. And now... <laughs> <laughs> How is that working for you? <laughs> well, <laughs> initially, I remember... <laughs> I shared it in Slack, right? I put in 100. Like, literally two days later, it was like 110. I'm like, wow. Yeah. I'm a god. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm a genius. And now it says 65 from that same 100. And I'm like, I have no idea what I learned from this. Like. Yeah. What, wh- how does this work? I basically ditched it. I'm like, I don't want to look at it again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, I actually very recently had a similar example with, with options, right? Where I I put some money into options and literally made like, you know, something like 5x or something the same day. Right? <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is great. This is fun. This is easy. <laughs> of course, I immediately lost it all <laughs> the next day. <laughs> so it's sometimes it's the, the worst thing that can happen is that you have success right away. Mm. Because then you think, oh, I, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's another one where it's like, um, you know, even if you do make money, like even then it's better to, if, if you suddenly make lots of money, don't double down, right? Only reinvest what you already made. So when you lose it all, you're back to zero. And <laughs> that's a right. better situation to be in. But yeah, in general, like you also don't have to specialize in everything, right? Um, you know, there's reasons to have a diversified portfolio, but especially like with stocks, you don't have to understand stocks. If you understand what an index fund is and you have the conviction, you know, you believe that this is an asset that will keep going up, you can create an automated DCA into an index fund and just don't think about it again for the next 20 years, right? That can be your entire right. stock market strategy. Um, but, or maybe you want to specialize in stocks uh, because this, this is also the way, you know, one of the reasons I talk about crypto so much is because, like I said, I have, I think it's a great idea. I think there's potential for this to change the world in a positive way. And so there's an interest there and in that I know more about it. And I'm not going to be a specialist in 
crypto and stocks and commodities and every other asset class you can name because I don't have that kind of time. But because I'm more interested in crypto, I know more about that. I do more of my investing there and I have a more passive approach in other asset classes. Right. And that's what I would yeah, recommend. Right. And it's all, look, it's all baby steps, right? It's all baby steps. Um, and also one of the reasons I want to have conversations like this and publish conversations like this is because a lot of my learning comes from simply listening to other people talk about stuff that I don't fully understand yet, mm. right? Um, so for, yeah, if anyone's listening to this and you don't understand half the stuff we're talking about, that's fine. Yeah. Like that's Put in how, 50 bucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also that's how you learn, you know? Yeah. Because right now you're maybe going, well, what the fuck are they talking about? I, I don't even know the difference between crypto and stocks and now he's talking about options, what the hell is that? It's like the more you hear people talk about this, the more it, it all makes sense and comes together, you know? Um, but yeah, so the I would say the conclusion to all this is essentially that, um, you know, the, the reason most people lose money in the money game is because they're so focused on trying to make money quickly. And if you make a plan to make money slowly, your likelihood of succeeding is much, much greater. So if you basically plan to get rich slow, which means, yes, you can start very small, you can DCA very small amounts, and you can take your time to learn about what all this stuff means. And you're not in a rush, basically, right? Yeah. You're not in a rush to learn the best strategy to make the most money. This is basically not going to happen. So, but take it slow. If you simply make this part of your information diet, maybe once a week, you listen to a podcast about the economy or something like that, right? And you spend relatively little time, yeah, learning a little bit about stocks, learning a little bit about investing. You know, the entire course is a few hours, right? So if you, even if you only spend half an hour a week, you'll get through it in a few weeks, basically. Right. And you kind of slowly build up that information base and you get to a point where you can make these decisions. Like you're not in a rush. That would be, I think the best takeaway, you're not in a rush. Yeah. If you take this slowly, your chances of succeeding um, are great. And if you can keep playing the money game for a decade, two decades, three decades, something like that, you will be surprised at how much money you'll make in that time span. Yeah, versus frequently frustrated, right? Yeah. Like, oh, it doesn't work out every three yeah. months or whatever. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason, there's a saying, easy come, easy go, right? Yeah. Even if it does pan out for you, like lottery it's, it's, winners. Yeah, yeah, it's they a short lose everything. Yeah. yeah. So that's basically it. Make a plan to get rich slow. Perfect. <laughs>